fighting against the woke establishment, rhino Republicans, and anyone else that stands in his way. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. Hello and welcome. This is the Sammy McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you so much for listening. We got a very, very uh, special election coming up in November. Who is going to be our next governor? It's a very, very important decision. Are we going to keep the same or are we going to change? What's going to happen? We obviously cannot have Mayor Nan Whaley elected, but I'm still no more DeWine. So we got to understand who else is running and where they stand on key issues. So that's why we're bringing on Marshall Usher. He is a write-in candidate for the state of Ohio running for, or excuse me, running for governor of the state of Ohio. And uh, Marshall, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, how you doing? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me. Well, we really do appreciate it here on the Red Future Radio Network for you coming on. I think it's very important that uh, candidates come on and give their, uh, you know, uh, I guess, outlook on what they think they can get done for the state of Ohio or what they've been doing. And I can tell you, I have reached out to Nan Whaley's campaign and uh, Governor Mike DeWine's, and they are uh, refusing to come on. So I believe they only believe in big media, I guess. They don't believe in fair media. So I believe... Or I want to say thank you, Marshall, for coming on and giving us, you know, your time to uh, to, to uh, tell our listeners, to tell my listeners what uh, you have in store in your campaign and what you think that uh, we can do for the state of Ohio, what you think we can do in the state of Ohio, because I believe we're not at our full potential. Absolutely not. Uh, we have some big problems in the state of Ohio, and we need somebody to step up and fix it. And uh, uh, as some people say, and I've heard you say it before, so don't think I'm, you know, ragging on you, but what are we at plan D now? Right. Uh, in the governor's race for conservative, actual people fighting for our freedoms. Uh, so, uh, we are where we are, but we got, I mean, I'm done picking the lesser two evils. So, uh, Marshall, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you stood up and ran and I'm really excited to hear about your platform and I'm sure the listeners are too. So if you don't mind, we're going to get going here with the first question. And it's just, uh, basically, about you, who is Marshall Usher, and why are you running for the uh, for governor of the state of Ohio? So, thanks again for having me. <clears throat> you know, I'm really excited to have a chance to get the message out on on any any media platform that'll have me, and uh, especially you know the uh, patriots like yourself that are taking it, you know, taking the bull by the horns, getting out there talking about things, starting their own pod- podcasts, and um, you know, doing your part to get the message out for all the patriots across the state. So. Thank you very much for what you're doing. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, that being said, who who is Marshall Usher? Um, you know, I guess first you you could say I'm a, a patriot. Um, I'm a husband and a father. And uh, probably one of the things that has formed me the most, though, is I am the son of a mother who was a former Marine. Um, you know, I grew up as a, um, in a she was a, with a single mom, um, you know, and she, like I said, she was a former Marine. Uh, looking back on it, I never really realized, you know, how how kind of tough we had it. Um, you know, but you know, we we weren't uh, weren't affluent at all, uh, to say the least. And you know, having that kind of role model growing up, it really gave me a a true meaning of the of the of the phrase sense of duty. Um, you know, she took it upon herself to go back to school, get her degree. Um, I saw her, you know, climb the corporate ladder and, you know, she was able to, to send my sister and I to very good schools and make a great life for herself and, and our family. So, you know, having that kind of, of, um, of role model growing up, seeing the American dream come true right before your eyes um, has really impacted kind of who I am and, and kind of why I'm getting into this. Um, why I'm specifically getting into the governor's race is um, I didn't have anyone to vote for on November 8th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think most folks know that I supported Joe Blystone in the, uh, in the primary campaign, um, you know, played a big part in his leadership team, uh, was, was thrilled to death to, to be able to help him and, and meet all of those, those great folks. But after he was unsuccessful, you know, I looked around and said, well, there's no way that I can support our abuser and vote for Mike DeWine. Um, I'm not going to vote for, for a Democrat. Um, regardless of how spiteful I might be. 
Um, so like a lot of folks, I was just going to not vote in the governor's race. And, you know, we, a few of my uh, colleagues and I kind of looked around and, and tried to find a couple other patriots that would make much better candidates than Shannon and I, um, with more name recognition, more money, more experience. Um, but to a person and for very valid reasons, they all said that they couldn't or wouldn't do it. And, you know, to, to your point earlier, plan D, um, yeah, that's <laughs> plan D would be best case scenario. Uh, but yeah, we looked around and said, well, we have the opportunity, you know, God's blessed us with the, the chance to do this. Um, you know, Joe and, and Mark Bakita have come out and offered, you know, uh, you know, their support, which has been huge in help getting this off the ground. And if we're able to do it, then, you know, shame on us for not doing it. So Shannon and I decided to, to jump into this thing and, um, give all of those people in the in the state that weren't going to vote on November eighth a voice. You know, nobody would know how many people are you know how many like minded patriots are over what they've seen out of our elected officials over the last three four years, mm -hmm. um, longer. And if we all just undervote, you know, statistically you might be able to figure out you know directly how many folks there were. But you know, I want to be able to put a hard number and say there are you know a half a million plus patriots in this state that are paying attention enough to write down someone's name that's not part of the the uniparty you know the the establishment republicans and the democrats that are you know trying to to get their turn um, so that's really why you know i wanted to give folks a, a voice and um so far so good well, I think it's very important that Joe Blystone and Mark Bakita came together and to help you get their uh, get your campaign off the ground with their with those two and what they have done and their ground that they have covered. Uh, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, in my opinion, if you just look at the numbers, right? Uh, but obviously, you got a little bit of ways to go, and uh, I believe that the room is there because if you look at the no no DeWine vote, it's obviously there. I mean, people do not want Mike DeWine, uh, especially in the Republican Party. And uh, we need to make sure that we're electing conservatives in Ohio. So it's important that you stepped up and ran. And like I said, it's important that Joe and Mark came together because we can't do this alone. Uh, the conservative, the conservative uh, movement here in Ohio, I believe, is divided. And I believe it's one of the cons biggest conservative uh, movements in the country. You know, with Joe Blystone's grassroots campaign that you were behind, you know, it was incredible, right? Probably one of the biggest in Ohio's history. And uh, the amount of you, the amount you guys got done with the, you know, just the little amount of money that you had, um, I think it's important, and I think that sends a big message across the country. But us conservatives gotta have somebody to bring us together, right? And uh, we gotta, we gotta be able to understand that it's, it's, it's no more Dewine, just like all those signs we had, right? Uh, Jim Renacy, I don't know where he stands, and uh, I, I kind of, he, he said that. Well, I do know where he stands because he said that Mike DeWine has November to uh, gain his vote, which I don't even really buy that because I feel like Mike DeWine has already lost my vote. I know the person Mike DeWine is. He would sell us out in a minute, in a second, probably. But, you know, we just got to have people come together and realize that we cannot elect Mike DeWine. And, you know, without you stepping up, I know there are a few other choices, but... Uh, you know, campaigning is important and name records is important for you guys to win. And you guys are already doing a ton. So you actually bring up a couple interesting points there. You know, this started out by saying, you know, let's just um, uh, collect, go out and collect the, the no more to wine vote. What we've seen though, over the last week or so is a little bit of change in the narrative where we're now starting to get questions around, Hey, if we support you, you know, what's your platform? What, what do you, what are you going to actually do for Ohio? And I think that's an interesting dynamic, you know, going from, you know, anybody but DeWine, that's a pretty easy constituency to, to win over. Um, but now I think we're starting to get into those, those, you know, soft DeWine voters that are going to vote for DeWine because they don't have a better, they don't think they have a better choice. Uh, they're not happy about it at all, but there's still this, this minority out there that um, are the hard to wine, fearful Nan Whaley voters. And those seem to be the loudest on social media right now is that they are so afraid of Nan Whaley that it doesn't matter how bad uh, Mike DeWine has been. 
they're going to vote for him anyway. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see come November, you know, how many of those folks we can win over. Um, you know, will it be enough to make a difference? I guess we've got a couple months to find out. Yeah, we do. Indeed, we do. And I and, I, and for the people that are, you know, scared of Nan Whaley, I, uh, just take a rewind to COVID. They didn't govern any different people. Uh, Mike DeWine and Nan Whaley govern the same. Um, I understand that they're a little bit different on other issues, but we have a big globalism problem in this country. We are fighting globalism, not communism, not socialism. We are already there. I believe we're living in that. Don't I mean, would you agree to that? Uh, we have money flying everywhere. Stimulus checks were given to us in 2020. I mean, come on, guys. We are now in the phase of globalism, and we need to make sure we do not dive into that. And I believe that you are a pretty states' rights kind of guy, right? I mean, uh, I know Joe Blystone was, and I think it's important that we elect somebody like that. But oh, very much so. I mean, I you know the I think our founding fathers got it exactly right whenever they said let's build a a system that allows us to have you know at the time thirteen different laboratories to test out different ideas. Yep. And you know, I'm very much for that model. Um, and you know, if we are lucky enough to catch lightning in a bottle, you're going to get someone in Columbus that's going to stand up for the state for, for the uh, rights of the state of Ohio. Yes, sir. I tell you what, uh, we're going to move on to the next question, and this is a question that needs to be asked to every single elected official and everybody that's going to run for office, and it's something that I didn't do in my previous interviews, uh, but I'm most definitely going to be doing it now. So we get to start with you, Marshall, so yippee. Uh, do you believe Love President it. Donald Trump was the rightful winner of the 2020 election? So the short answer is yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That's, yeah, that's I'm a bit yeah, I mean, I'm a business guy, and whenever you start looking at the statistics, um, you know, he won 17 of the 18 bellwether counties uh, that has never lost or not successfully predicted a presidential race. Um, you know, all of the combinations of states that he won that a president has never lost. The fact that a sitting president got more votes that has never lost, and you expect us to believe that a guy that has been in politics for 45 plus years campaigned from his basement was more popular than both Barack Obama, the first black president and Hillary Clinton, you know, the first um, woman nominee. Yep. Uh, no way. I mean, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. So if I were an auditor, I would definitely want to look under the hood. And then whenever we tried to ask the question, everybody just pushed back and said, there's nothing to see here. And, you know, to me, that just uh, it just reeks of impropriety. Absolutely. And what they did, I mean, obviously, the, the 2000 Meals movie, but there's something I want to bring up, bring up because we uh, this gentleman is from the state of Ohio. You may know because you're on Joe Blystone's uh, coronation team or uh, strategy team. And uh, uh, Dr. Frank was even one that got raided by the FBI is and where they confiscated his phone. And this is a gentleman talking about. Uh, election problems here in the state of Ohio and just through all out the country. And then Mike Lindell as well. I mean, this is serious stuff. Why do people go after somebody if they're not guilty or if they're, or if they're innocent, excuse me. Uh, it's just weird. Uh, why, if, if they, if they have, if, if you are innocent as in no wrongdoing was, was done, uh, the election was totally, uh, totally fair then why even come after these people with these phones? I mean, what they're, they are, they are crazy, but it, it's crazy. It, it is crazy. It, it certainly is. And you know, we need more Patriots to step up in across the, the state and the country to fill every role from, you know, like, like Joe said, from dog catcher up to president. Yes. Yes. He did say that a lot. And I'm glad that he, you know, he talked about that and it's very important that he ran. I believe that uh, he's going to set a path for other future candidates here coming up. In Ohio's elections, and I can't wait for what the future holds for our political, uh, you know, environment. Because I believe that we have a good movement, and we will come together. And this, you know, this conservative movement—it's just gonna, it's just gotta take some oil and some grease, and some, you know, what do they call it? Tender love and care, whatever TLC. And uh, it, that's it'll, right. It'll be, it'll be good. Uh, but uh, Mar Marshall, if, uh, so this is this is something that a, a lot of people are asked, especially when you're running for an executive office like yourself, uh, as you know, running for governor, what will, what will be a first on your agenda if you're elected? So there are two executive orders that were drafted for Joe. And, you know, I think that both of those still apply today. Uh, so on day one, 
I would sign the executive order on uh, individual medical freedom. And the second would be to establish Ohio as a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Wonderful. Um, so we can hit on those in order. So the medical freedom, um, I believe that Article 21 of the Ohio Constitution gives us all of the rights that we need to make our own choices on uh, on what medical procedures we do and do not undergo. Um, and I think we just need a governor that has you know has the uh, fortitude to step step up against. The, the like you said earlier, well said, the globalists that are pushing this COVID agenda. And, and we saw how that worked out. So that would be number one. Um, but in that in the very next moment, um, you know, signing a an executive order that would say that we will not use any police power granted to the state by the federal constitution to enforce any unconstitutional firearms laws. Um, if you read the news the last couple of days, you saw where the credit card companies have now introduced a merchant code yep. that allows them to track firearm and ammunition purchases. Basically, what they've done is established a commercial gun registry. And, you know, I think those two executive orders are, are as important, you know, are are just as important as each other right now. And that would be number 1A and 1B would be making sure that we make our own choices over um over what medical uh, procedures we undergo and making sure that we will always protect our second amendment right. I think those are two very important issues in the state of Ohio, honestly, that and our, obviously uh, the right to life, but um, you know, those medical freedom and the, our, our constitutional rights are, are something that are very important to me. And I can tell you, I was kind of upset, but not really uh, because I was always, thinking that it was going to be Mr. Blystone to sign the constitutional carry uh, bill into law uh, when he was elected. But obviously that didn't happen because Governor Mike DeWine uh, was pushed by Joe Blystone to sign that bill. Because <clears throat> in my opinion, and I'm just going to say this, I'm not trying to you know, talk up Mr. Blystone or you know, anybody associated with him, but uh, that, that was, that, in my opinion, I mean, that was in the platform. I mean, Mike DeWine is a red flag laws kind of guy. I mean, we know this. We've experienced it. So the only reason he signed to that, and props off to Joe Blyson and all of his supporters, because Mike DeWine heard you, I'm telling you. All those people out there that were supporting Joe Blyson, all the signs and everything, it's very important uh, that we did that because uh, we needed to show the true colors of people. But, you know, I'm glad that those are two things on your platform, and uh, I'm glad that you're you're doing executive orders because – you might as well might as well use it, right? Uh, it's, I, I think. Well, we already have the laws on the books. That's the thing yeah. is the the laws already there that gives the the executive, the chief executive of this of this state, the power to do that. Right. That's the frustrating part is we've sat there and watched us get locked down. We you know, we watched um, you know, we watched as the the governor you know now to your point runs to the right, but you know four years ago he's pushing red flag laws and. That is the most frustrating part is we already have the tools that we need on the books. We need a governor that has the guts to enforce them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from what I can tell by you, you would definitely have the backbone to enforce them because of how you're speaking. And I think that's important. You're not, you're not scared to speak on where you stand. And, you know, you look at a lot of politicians right now running in their, their quote unquote called professionals, right? They dance around all these issues really nice and whatever, I'm done with that, and I think everybody should scoot away from that because it's not good politics. That's dirty politics. People need to tell them how, you know, and if it's, you know, if it doesn't come off the greatest or the best and whatever, I mean, but it's the truth. And there's one thing I can tell well, you about, Mike. Go ahead. No, well, that's the thing, right, is that's why we need more people that aren't politicians. Absolutely. Because, you know, you're going to get exactly where I stand, and, you know, some of those stances may not be popular with everyone, but, at the end of the day, you will get no surprises whenever you show up at the ballot booth and, and put my name down. And getting on a podcast like this, you're going to be very open and, uh, you know, probably out there for the people, you know, everyday people. I, I believe that's the type of governor you would be, and I believe that's the type of governor we need. Obviously, you need your time to work, but we also need governors out there in the spotlight talking to people. Uh, for instance, there's two things I want to mention about Mike DeWine real quick. For instance, we need a governor out in the spotlight talking to the people. So Mike DeWine made a pit stop in Defiance County 
uh, just recently, and he met with all of the local uh, local elected officials and some of the county leaders, apparently. Apparently, we have county leaders selected by local officials or something in the state of Ohio, and, or excuse me, in Defiance County, but they were uh, selected to go meet Mike DeWine at the coffee shop, and it was like a pit stop for Mike DeWine, but nobody else in the community was invited. And I think that's dirty politics. I think that's kind of scummy. Uh, he answers to us. He's coming to our town. There, there should be an announcement. Hey, we want to we be able to talk to you. And uh, it, it wasn't brought up. And I don't think that's something that you would be doing, correct? Uh, it's, it's the same thing we saw at the at the county fair, right? Yeah. Um, Shannon oh, yes, and yes, I are out, yes. You know, we're out please. talking to the people. Yeah, we're out talking to, to, you know, just regular folks like us. And, you know, Governor DeWine comes in with his entourage and he runs right over to the GOP tent and they already have the camera set up and he's shaking hands and kissing babies gets a couple pictures taken and then they, his entourage shuffles him out the back and he's on to the next thing. And we literally were standing there talking to a group of just regular folks right outside the tent laughing at the spectacle that they made of, of the photo opportunity that was his appearance. And it's just photo op after photo op after photo op. And yep. it's, I mean, to people like us that, that have been through it a little bit and you know, the playbook, it's it's transparent and it's just I mean it's it's almost laughable, um, but there's a lot of folks out there that you know if you read the comments on his Facebook page that are still saying hey great great to see you stopping by and glad you made the time to to uh, come by and, and talk to us here in whatever county, and I mean it's like I said it, it's laughable whenever you actually see the the. Um, the theater that goes into it. Yeah, I, I, I theater's definitely there. Like the coffee shop that that they were invited to too was a, was a family owned coffee shop in Defiance, and they were literally shut down by this guy unwillingly. Right, so I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it, hard to. I mean, obviously, it's their freedom. I get it. I, I don't. I don't blame. I don't. I don't uh, like dis, uh, discourage them for you know, accepting or letting the governor come because I, if it was my business, I'd definitely let him come in there because I would be asking him some questions, but you know, <laughs> it, it, I think people should have been invited and I think he should be more open to the people. In my opinion, especially, yeah. especially when he won the County. I mean, he won that County. Joe Blystone was very close in beating him. Uh, he, uh, he lost Putnam, Paulding and Van Wert just below defiance. But I just, we need, we need more. transparency. Yeah, and it shows how far we've strayed from the government that the founders intended, right? Absolutely. The government by the people. And we we have not had a government by the people for quite some time. And I think that is a perfect illustration of, of that, is we've got elected leaders in this state that are going around doing photo ops with their GOP cronies and setting up staged meetings with county operatives instead of going out and talking to people and, and actually hearing what the real issues are. You know, I talked to a, a, a gentleman that is the uh, commander of the Mahoning County Order of the Purple Heart, and he was telling me about some of the struggles that they've had getting uh, DeWine's uh, attention on the fact that we need um, some additional VA uh, retirement homes in this state. So our veteran homes, we've got two of them, and you know, um, this is going to be a, a huge uh, program that we put forth. Uh, we've got two of them in the state. They were provided on land that was gifted, so they are not strategically placed. So basically, long story short, if you are anywhere southeast of Columbus, you are two and a half, three hours plus from getting your um, your veteran grandmother or grandfather into a home, um, which you know is, is unacceptable. Oh, so. Yeah, we've looked at the capital budget over the last week or so and, and identified already, let me find it, $219 million of, of capital expenditures on things like um, soccer fields, uh, you know, dormitory refurbishments, which, believe me, those are all worthy causes, but I don't think that those should be prioritized over having homes for veterans that, you know, I mean, uh, for our aging veterans. Absolutely. So, let you know, Excuse me, excuse me, but let let Wes Wexner donate some money for them soccer fields or something. Let's get these uh, let's get these military people in some homes. I, I love where you're going with this, Marshall. It's very important. And yeah, and you've dug into that budget. Like, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was saying you're already digging into that budget. And I can only imagine what you're finding because you're a budget guy yourself, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Yes. I mean, my background is in is in business management, so you know, the numbers. Uh, 
numbers don't scare me. And whenever you start looking through these things, um, you know, that is one thing I will say that if you, it's not the actual budget themselves, but the, uh, our accounting office does a fairly good job of breaking out the line item detail. Um, and there's a lot of things in here that, um, you know, are, uh, I wouldn't say wasteful. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. It's not like the, the earmarks or the pork that you see coming out of Washington, but I think it's definitely, um, has an opportunity for some reprioritization. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, let's move on here. And this question's about our general assembly. How do you plan on working with the general assembly that is majority establishment Republicans and has difficulty passing conservative legislation? That's a, that's a great question. Um, there, I think you take a, a uh, page out of the Donald Trump playbook and you shine the light on the folks that aren't playing ball. You know, one of the things that President Trump did very well, better than anyone I've ever seen, is he was able to, to boil issues down to two very binary positions. Um, you know, he had Nancy Pelosi say that MS-13 gang members were people, too. Like, that's genius, right? So you know, I think that's the approach you have to take is you get down to fundamentally, what do you want to do? Do you want to refurbish a dorm room or do you want to build a VA home? And, you know, to me, that's a very easy decision. Um, so I think that's how you approach those is you you boil it down to those decisions. You strip out all of the noise that people try to attach to bills that muddy the water. And you vote on these very clean bills that say, yes, we're going to go forward and we're going to spend, you know, $300 million over three years and build three VA homes. So I think that's how you do it is, is you, you make it a very binary choice and then you shine the light on them and, and hope that they do the right thing. And if they don't, then you also follow the Trump playbook and you start campaigning the heck out of them to try to primary in the next time around. Absolutely. There you go. We need to shine a light on a lot of these politicians in Columbus because I guarantee uh, they would they would scramble. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them don't do their job like they should, sadly. But uh, what do you think the three biggest issues, or three, excuse me, biggest issues are that Ohioans are facing? Excuse me, that Ohioans so, are facing. Yeah, so I think the most immediate right now is, is probably the economy. I mean, if you look at the inflation numbers that just came out, um, you know, it's, it's not getting any better. And now they're talking about, um, I can't remember which bank president it was, but one of them came out earlier this afternoon and said that, um, it's going to be worse than a recession. So I think it's everything that we've probably expected to happen. Um, but you know, if you go to the website, uh, one of the things we've done over the last week or so is really expanded the platform. And <clears throat> we talked about some of the steps that we'll take to soften this blow on regular everyday Ohioans. And, you know, as we come out of this, make sure that Ohio is positioned uh, to allow businesses of all sizes to grow and, and flourish. Uh, so I think that's that's probably the, the most pressing, um, not to be overshadowed in terms of bigger issues. I think, you know, a lot of us are still struggling with the medical freedom issues. Um, and you know, that's why I said, you know, day one is going to be you know, taking the shackles off of, of all of those folks across the state. Um, the third one um, I would say is, is public safety. And, and I see this one as kind of a two pronged issue. Uh, you know, we've seen the violence in our streets uh, escalate over, over the last few months. I think Toledo was ranked what the fifth most deadly city um, this week yeah, in, it's a, not in the news article. Right. Um, and, you know, Mike DeWine will tell you he's spending a hundred million dollars to fight violent crime. But again, being a budget guy, you start to look into what the uh, qualifications or requirements are for those appropriations. And it is a very broad definition of what those funds can be used for. As an example, um, IT support. So you could use them for your IT maintenance plan if you wanted to. So is that really keeping violent criminals off the street? Uh, wow. I think that's probably a stretch. Uh, so that's the one thing is, is putting the money at the tip of the spear where we can take these repeat violent offenders off the street. We, we know what the problem is. We, I mean, it's the repeat violent offenders and they take it off the street and they get put back on, on the street by the, the liberal judges. Um, so one thing I would love to see is tripling the size of the, or the number of resources we have serving um, felony warrants. And for the first you know X number of months of a Usher Walker administration, 
you would see nothing but doors being kicked down and violent felons being drug off the jail and we would clean these streets up. Um, but I think that there's another issue is the, the lack of law enforcement uh, officers um, with the, the liberal policies in the cities. They're, you know, they're driving them out and some of them are getting picked up in the suburbs, but you know, that doesn't really help any of our, uh, any of our friends in the cities. So one of the, the big parts of our plan is a, uh, a push to make law enforcement a, uh, an attractive and uh, noble profession, uh, again, like we all know it is. Um, so, again, I mean, I could go on for hours about the plans themselves, but uh, check it out on the website. Uh, we get into some of the details there around the money allocations for scholarships and an extension of the homestead. Uh, exemption because we believe that having first responders living in the uh, jurisdictions that they serve is a good thing. So, you know, we're doing a lot of things to make sure that they're paid well, they're trained well, they're equipped well. And uh, if they, you know, we want to be again, like Florida and make Ohio a landing spot for these law enforcement officers that they're getting forced out of these more liberal states. Absolutely. I think that's very important because I was kind of looking in the law enforcement myself, believe it or not figured out it was like seven to ten thousand dollars just to be certified and i'm like uh you know i really don't know if i want to take on that but uh, you know i'm sure there's other ways that we could help you know get law enforcement and i think that's a very important that you know we we make sure law enforcement's a key thing in, in the state of ohio because uh, like you said toledo fifth violent fifth most violent city in the, in the country i'm 45 minutes away from there man like that we we are like the we are like a mini suburb kind of of Toledo. Uh, Twenty four connects us perfectly, so we need to make sure. That, and I'm glad also too. You you just brought up awesome stuff on my show. You're you're talking about, you know, this uh uh what was it uh the the software uh per, can be purchased for uh, the stuff that Mike Dewine is giving to fight violent crime. Uh, that's that's uncalled for. It, it should be for fighting violent cr- crime only, right? You know, I, I if you look at the way that the money is allocated, I think there's a huge opportunity right there. You know, right now they say, okay, here's money that we have available um, for for grants, and it's got to meet this set of requirements. And we basically travel, hopefully, that those departments are going to be able to deliver on those commitments. I would love to see a a uh, a, a system where you have rounds of funding. It is outcomes based so that all right so your violent crime rate is x if you can reduce it to y you'll get a second round of funding and there will be a more round of funding after that because we want you to go around and train all of these other police departments on what you're doing differently that's working here that they're not doing in their jurisdiction right so i think the way that we allocate the money could make a huge difference in um in you know, what uh, what those results are just by incentivizing the, the departments to use them in a different manner. Absolutely. So there's this deal that went down in uh, Intel, or excuse me, deal that went down in Licking County, because I just kind of gave it away there. <laughs> deal that kind of just went down in Licking County, uh, and obviously they had a big old ceremony, big old groundbreaking ceremony, and believe it or not, Mike DeWine did not get covid and was able to show up and meet President Biden. I mean, imagine that. But every time Donald Trump comes into town, uh, comes into the state, for some reason, Mike DeWine gets COVID and can't see the president. So, kind of fishy right there, but no surprise because we understand where Mike DeWine is standing. He's a globalist. This is why you have candidates like Marshall running against him. We cannot elect him. I will not vote for him. I just have to get that out to the listeners real quick there, Marshall. But... What are your thoughts on the state of Ohio's deal with the tech company Intel? So I am cautiously optimistic, right? Um, you know, I am not against incentivizing appropriately companies to come in and, and build huge developments within the state. My concern with this deal specifically is these incentives are very much front loaded. So if this deal would fall apart, whether it's because of the economy or whatever reason, um, you know, there's really not much that this, the Ohio taxpayers can do to claw some of this back. So that's my biggest issue with it. Um, you know, I think it's it's great that it's going to create a lot of jobs. Um, you know, I am following closely the impact it's having on some of the smaller communities around Licking County. Uh, but you know, you know, all in all, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a very good thing if it comes to fruition. 
And if it doesn't, then, um, you know, what a, what a boondoggle because it's uh, a lot of money is being spent up front to, to get them set up for business. Yep, absolutely. And that's what people are talking about, especially in the circle that I'm in. And I try not to be in a circle because obviously you don't learn anything, but um, some of the people that I obviously close in contact with, uh, a lot of money was involved, uh, but, you know, doesn't surprise me, right? I mean, uh, Mike DeWine's lieutenant governor is making money off a of private bank board right now. You know, uh, <laughs> money's always involved, right? <laughs> so here's one thing that I I, uh, I kind of debate on whether I want to bring up because it might sound a little bit like sour grapes, right? But, you know, a lot of folks are saying, oh, Mike DeWine did a great job bringing Intel to, to Ohio. Um, I would encourage your listeners to go out and do a little bit of research on the relationship between the new uh, president of Ohio State and Andy Grove, uh, one of the founders of Intel. Um, they, he was a teacher at Stanford when she was there. Uh, she majored in the subject that he that he taught. Uh, so there's a there's an obvious relationship there, and I would venture to say that Intel's decision probably rested as much on that relationship as it did with any relationship with the governor's office. But like I said, you're, yeah. you've got some smart lists, so they can go out and do their own homework on that one. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. No, we love the we love the breadcrumbs. Wonderful. Uh, Marshall, what are what are some? Not all, obviously, because we don't want to give the enemy your game plan to win, but. Uh, obviously, with being a writing candidate, it's kind of tough. What's your game plan to get elected? Um, it's all about hitting the milestones, right? So I, I'm, I have no problem laying out the strategy. Um, I think you know a lot of folks that are coming out to support us, especially those that are on the fence, like the, the soft, the wine voters, um, they need to see that there is a viable path to victory. So I'm, I'm happy to share that. Um, you know, what, what I mean by hitting the milestones is you know, whenever you look at traditional campaigns, a, an independent or a write-in, you know, they're going to get less than 1% of the vote. So, you know, I think the first milestone that we hit is if we can get, you know, well over one, one and a half, you know, maybe pushing 3% just based on that never to wind vote alone. Um, you know, now we're news. Now that's something that, you know, is going to generate a little bit of buzz. What I, I think we're starting to get there. We haven't done any polling yet, and it's you know the campaign's only been a couple is only a couple weeks old. But just from the change in questions and comments that I've been getting from, you know, aren't you afraid you're going to split the vote? To well, what will you do for us if you are elected? Um, you know, I think that momentum is starting to build. So that's the first milestone. You hit three percent. Now now we're news. Now we're going to be able to spread that word um, with some a bit of uh, earned media and. You know, it's just like the the flywheel. It takes a lot of momentum to get it going, but once it's it's moving, it doesn't take much to, to keep it spinning. So that's really it. Is you hit those those first couple couple milestones, you build that momentum, and then you start to pick off those soft DeWine voters. Builds a little bit more momentum. Next thing you know, you're up to 12, 14 percent, and uh, at that point, it's anybody's ball game. Um, you know, you it's like the uh, that sprinter that's coming around the, the final turn at, in the uh, the mile. And, you know, they, everyone's got the finish line in sight. And uh, there's only one of the people that's gaining momentum. Everyone else is, is starting to fall off. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping we can, that's the strategy, and we're hoping we can uh, clip them at the finish line. Amen. Uh, what sets you apart from all the other candidates in the race running? Now, I know there's a lot with everybody registered, including the write-ins, but, uh, you know, specifically Mike DeWine and Nan Whaley. Um, for one, I'm, I'm not establishment. I'm not uniparty. I mean, I'm doing this for the people, you know, I am, you know, I've got, I have a day job. I'm a dad. Um, I'm a, I'm a soccer coach, uh, you know, but you know, if God gave me an opportunity of a gift of time and flexibility that allows me to do this. And, you know, like I said, I'd shame on me if I didn't do it. So I think, I think that's the biggest thing and why that matters is, you know, I'm going to make the decisions that are in the best interest of the people of the state. Um, if they're not going to be in the best interest of the lobbyists or the big corporations or the, you know, the globalists, um, it's going to be, you know, here's what I think is, is best for the people of the state. Um, you know, if we are successful and, uh, the people believe that uh, a second term is, is in the, uh, in the cards, then, then great. But I will tell you, I am not looking to get into politics. Um, you know, it would be, if I had my way, it would be one term and out. Um, 
but you know, I want to, I want to carry this mantle that, you know, guys like Joe and Mark have really, you know, have really started to, to put together. I want to carry this mantle for the next couple months. You know, if we are, like I said, if we catch lightning in a bottle and it, those couple months turn into four years, then, then great. Uh, but you know, my intent is to pass this mantle on to whoever is next that is better positioned than Shannon and I. And uh, so I think that's the difference is, you know, I don't want to be in this for a life, for a lifetime. You know, Mike DeWine got into politics a year. Um, uh, you know, I think I was uh, three whenever he got into politics. Yeah, I wasn't even thought uh, so, of. Yeah, right. So, I mean, that's these these people are getting into politics because that's their their profession. Um, I'm getting into politics because I want to make a difference and God's given me an opportunity to, to potentially do that. I believe you're right. And, uh, you know, like I can, I'll say this again and I'll say it many times, but I'm sure. Thank you for stepping up and running. I think it's, you know, crazy important that I have, uh, an option, uh, to vote for the governor. I, I just think it's important. I feel like it's a right of mine. I don't want to not vote, you know, I think it's right. I feel like people died for my right to vote, and you know I'm going to vote for I believe the best candidate is not the lesser of two evils. I'm done with that because, in all reality, Marshall, it's still evil, right? That's what those people need to understand. That's right. It's still evil. But we you know. saw it, man. We saw whenever the chips are down and the pressure is on, we saw the kind of guy Mike Dewine is. Uh-huh. We saw the kinds of decisions. Imagine what he's going to. And this and, is what I wanted to mention. Sorry, this is what I wanted to mention earlier. Imagine how he's going to be in four more years. After That's right. Like, you took the words right out of my mouth. A lame duck, Mike DeWine, is one of the most dangerous things that I could ever imagine. Yeah, they look. They you t- you think about uh, Joe Biden weaponizing the FBI against Donald Trump. Well, they're yeah. already they're already yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's another thing we could go with, you know, the uh, like campaign of Joe Blystones. But uh, I mean, you're already seeing it in the state of well, Ohio. Well, Mike DeWine weaponized a, a group of police that are supposed to be going out and making sure that underage individuals aren't going out and drinking at bars. He weaponized that group to go out and enforce COVID laws. The, those are the kinds of decisions I'm talking about. You know, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, he, he has lost his mandate to lead. Yeah, and then, and then the curfew of 10 o'clock, totally uncalled for. Yeah, you know, because science, COVID goes to, comes out at night. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, an important issue in the state of Ohio, and I mentioned it before, it's the uh, issue of life, obviously right to life, uh, the abortion issue. Uh, there was a groundbreaking decision by the Supreme Court made this year. Uh, obviously, it's kind of old news now, but I'm sure it'll be a big issue here in the state of Ohio uh, in the upcoming months. But what are your what's your opinion on the Roe versus Wade decision? I think it is a victory that has been a long time coming. Um, there have been a lot of people that have dedicated a, you know, their lives to um, overturning that decision. That decision was wrong when it was made. And the fact that it has finally been overturned, I think, is a, a, a huge step forward in our fight to protect the preborn. Um, you know, I think. What's disappointing is the fact in in Ohio, the impact of that has been put on hold by a liberal judge that was venue shopped um, to to you know hear the case just so that uh, that this outcome you know the this outcome was expected. <coughs> Excuse me. So you know, right now, um, the heartbeat bill has been uh, put on a stay, a fourteen day stay. Uh, there's another motion in front of the judge right now that is asking for that a temporary injunction while the case is, is being heard. Um, you know, I'm pretty confident that the uh, that the heartbeat bill will prevail and will be implemented in its entirety. Um, but you know, just in 14 days, if you look do the math, that's about 805 babies that will be unnecessarily murdered over the next two weeks, just based on the normal run rate of abortions in Ohio. Um, so you know, that's 805 too many and God help us if they get the temporary, the temporary, uh, injunction, you know, I would hope that a judge would err on the side of life in an injunction and not err on the side of murder. So we'll have to, to pray for that one, but we'll see how that one turns out. Abortion disgusts me, Marshall. It really does. 
the practice yeah, it, in general. Well said. Well said. Uh, the the life, one life is too many. But uh, thank you for that answer. I believe uh, I believe it's important to. It's a state's decision now, right? And uh, I, I believe that it gives the people more power to believe and give their voice. Uh, and I think it's important. But uh, there's something brewing in the political atmosphere, and so far, the uh, small tyrant has not agreed to uh, debate Dayton's mayor, Nan Whaley, the Democrat nominee. But what do you think about him refusing to debate Nan Whaley after he refused to debate two competitive primary opponents? I mean, what is going on with this tyrant? And I, and I, and I want to bring this up. I don't know if you know this or not. This might be a, a, a plus for you to use out on the campaign trail. Mike DeWine has not debated in a 40-plus year career. Incredible. I did not. That yes. is incredible. I would have never guessed that. He has never debated. And people, and, say and, that here, he would so get, and people are trying to say that he would get mopped by, by Joe Blystone, or get, get, uh, he would mop Joe Blystone. I, I didn't oh. believe that whatsoever. No. Um, that's the one thing. Joe will get up there, and he would just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't think Mike DeWine would know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, as far as my opinion on him not debating, I mean, it, it, it's frustrating. And, and again, it just shows that he is not he's not a leader that is representative of the people. You know, if he if he were, then he would be fine getting up there and defending the decisions he's made. He would be fine talking about the plans that he has for the next four years. Uh, but there's going to be none of that. And uh, so funny story that I'll, I'll share with you. Um, that I haven't talked about on any other interviews yet. So I was in, I, I believe it was Brown County. I was speaking as a uh, surrogate for Joe and um, Mike DeWine was there as well, speaking in front of the GOP that day. And we both get up and we give our little spiel. And one of the members wanted to do a quick Q and a, so they invite us both back up to the front. They start lambasting governor DeWine about, um, some of the, the COVID decisions he's made. Well, he goes into this, uh, his normal response about how he didn't shut down churches, that was a lie, and that he is the most pro-life governor that we've ever had. Well, at that point, that was pretty much all I could take. And I said, with all due respect, Governor, I'm not sure how you can say that having appointed a known abortionist in Amy Acton as head of the Department of Health. And his handlers jumped up onto the, the front of the room started yelling, we're not here for a debate and shuffled him into the front, into the back of the room. So wow. not only will he not debate Nan Whaley or Joe Blystone, but he won't even debate just some guy in a Brown County GOP meeting. So it doesn't really surprise me that he's not going to step up on a bigger stage and, and debate some of these candidates that have uh, the money and the time behind them to prepare. You know, the sad thing is, Marshall, the Republicans are also trying to tell us to get behind DeWine because he's the conservative but yeah, he's making us look stupid as heck because he's refusing to debate a wacko by the name of Nan Whaley. I mean, how easy would it to be to debate Nan Whaley's policy? Let me debate her. I mean, she is the nut. Her policies don't make sense. She's crazy. She is a disaster. Look at Dayton. I mean, it is so easy. If, uh, if Nan's really looking for a debate and, uh, and Mike won't step up, I'm more than happy to answer the bell. Yeah, I mean, I wish that they would give you guys that opportunity. I don't know if you guys, your campaign has looked into that, looked into that or not, but um, you know, I think that should be you know allowed. I mean, you guys are registered candidates. No one else is uh, you know wanting to do a debate. Why can't you guys? Uh, I think it's Let's very do important. It. Let's, get, let's get that done. But uh, this one's about election integrity, and I know we talked about that with the presidential. Uh, you know, election to beginning of the show, but I, this is something I want to talk about in the state of Ohio because I believe that we have problems in the state of Ohio. And Doug Frank talks about him a lot. Obviously, the FBI is now going after him. I wonder why, right? I wonder why. So with election integrity being a key issue in the state of Ohio, how will, how will you make sure our elections are safe and fair in the state of Ohio? Do you believe the election machines can be connected to the internet? And do you believe that we should be using these machines in our elections? 
<laughs> so I have a screenshot on my phone that shows one of the election uh, poll pads connected to an unsecured internet. Um, so that was two election cycles ago. Uh, so I know for a fact that they can be connected. Um, you know, one of the things that Joe used to say that I loved was, you know, if you ask uh, Frank LaRose how much we spend on cybersecurity for our elections, he'll tell you, you know, it's a, a, an enormous number and we've got the safest, you know, most secure elections out there. And then you say, well, why would we need cybersecurity if you can't connect them to the Internet? And it's Bingo. true. Right. So, yes, of, of course, they, they can be hacked. Um, you know, I started really getting into this whenever I, I looked at some of the work that Seth Keschel had done. And I was looking, it was before he really had done a full analysis on Ohio. And I couldn't really find anything on Delaware County where I live. So I started looking at the numbers in Delaware County. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll put the analysis I did up on the website. Um, but it basically shows that, you know, every that what we expect, what we thought we saw, that President Trump significantly underperformed President Biden significantly overperformed. And whenever you look at population trends, registration trends, voting history in past primaries, it just doesn't add up. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think the way that you secure our elections in, in Ohio, and uh, I love what Dr. Frank says, is we vote Amish. We go with paper ballots until we get this figured out, if we get it figured out. But I think paper ballots is really the only way that we can be sure that one vote cast is one vote counted. Um, so uh, that's that's why that's the solution I think is, is vote Amish. Hey, I like that. That's what Dr. Frank says. He says it best right there. Oh, uh, yep. Last question here before we let you do your ending statement. That's something we always let the uh, you know guests do. I think it's very important. What's your opinion on our leadership in the state of Ohio, Marshall? leadership you use that term loosely um there's there's probably one hand that i could count true leaders in politics in this state right now um you know people are more the the current leadership we have is more concerned about keeping the deck stacked in their favor than unstacking the deck for the rest of us and that was my problem with i think with some of the other you know conservative groups that are vying for control of the central committees is that you know they, in my opinion, their intent is not to unstack the deck. Their intent is to restack it on behalf of their team. And that's what the people of Ohio are done with. You know, they're done with the backroom deals that that fit in the field and take the choice out of the voters' hands. You know, they're done with the you know the backroom deals that um, promise endorsements before primaries and start funneling money to, to these to these different uh, you know, we are much, much more um, involved in electorate uh, than we were, you know, four, six years ago. People are starting to pay attention, and those, you know, those politics, um, are starting to become a bit more transparent. So I think that's the, the biggest disappointment with the leadership in the state is that I believe that they are in it for them and not in it for us. And to me, that is you know, the biggest fundamental problem with our uniparty is, you know, we have strayed from that government by the people for the people. And, you know, that's why you heard Joe say, and you'll hear me say, you know, we encourage all of the patriots to go out and run for something, uh, get involved, throw your hat in, get the experience. If you lose, you know, lay down, bleed a little, get back up and run for something else. But that's the only way that we're going to take the state back. Amen, and I think you said it best there. We need to make sure we take the state back. It's our state. It's the people's state. Amen, brother. It leads the nation. Marshall, we really do appreciate you coming on the show, man. This was awesome. We had a really good conversation. We almost went an hour. I'd love to go longer sometime. Uh, anytime you want, let me know, and you can come back on. We can always have a good discussion. I think it's important that, uh, you know, we uh, we we talk about the stuff going on in the world and we get you know get this information out here. We really do appreciate you coming on. We always, we always want to uh, have you have the guest do an ending statement if you'd like to do one. Uh, if there's anything that I forgot to mention that I didn't ask, that I should ask, that you would like to add, please do it now. And then also, if you could you know lay that website out there. I know you got some really good stuff on there. I'm pretty sure you, you just updated it recently or something, put some new stuff on there. I think it's very important that the people find that and read that because it's really good stuff. 
uh, if you want knowledge about, you know, uh, policy, it's very good. And uh, yeah. so, uh, social media, any personal contact information, a place where we could donate. I would love that, Marshall. The listeners would love that. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for, for having me again. Um, you know, always a pleasure, always a, always a pleasure to hook up with a good friend and, and have a, have a good, have a, uh, a chat. Um, you know, the final thought I would just say, you know, how many times have we heard the last few years that, man, I wish we had a Ron DeSantis in Ohio. Yes, and right. right. Wine is not Ron DeSantis. Um, you know, I am not claiming to be the next Ron DeSantis, but one thing that, uh, Governor DeSantis has done for us is literally wrote down his policies in his DeSantis playbook for Florida. And, you know, no team can take another team's playbook and adopt it, you know, hundred percent and expect it to be successful. You know, so what we've done is taken that playbook. We've adopted the parts that we could, we adapted the parts that didn't quite fit where we were, you know, Ohio as a state. And we've come up with the sunshine plan for Ohio. And, you know, while we don't have a DeSantis, uh, we can certainly follow his roadmap on how to restore freedom to our state. So I would encourage all of your listeners to check it out. Uh, we are breaking news. You know, we just revamped the website today and uh, uploaded all the detail on policy. Uh, we have our event schedule up there now. Um, a unique opportunity uh, for donation. We have sponsorships that you can go in and sponsor specific text campaigns, uh, you can sponsor a billboard in, in locations. So uh, a lot of cool ways to donate. You know, one of the, the challenges with a, a grassroots campaign uh, is, you know, everyone supports the idea, but, you know, you don't get any of the big money if, unless people think you're going to win. So what we do believe is that people do want to help get the word out. So we've tried to make it easy and say, all right, here are a couple ways that you can specifically help that, that will help us uh, spread the word. So, so check out the sponsorships. Uh, we've got some, some merchandise up so you can buy the uh, done with the wine hat that is now back in stock. And um, most importantly, there are instructions on how to cast a write in vote. Uh, that's going to be a, a big push over the next awesome. couple months is education, campaign, making sure people understand that, you know, they're not, not interested provided so check it out on usherforohio.com uh, you can find all the information to volunteer all of the media stuff if you want to host an event uh, you can do that through the website as well so thanks again for having me um, i am really excited i think the the support has been overwhelming and, and one of the most humbling things i've, I've ever experienced so uh, we're going to keep fighting for the folks of Ohio, and uh, I just hope that they keep supporting us, and we'll get this done in November. We need it. We need Mike DeWine gone. Thank you for uh, taking the time uh, and you know telling us about your platform, telling us about yourself, Marshall, and thank you for taking the time to run for this you know sacred seat. I mean, it's very important. It's the people's seat, and I think we need to give it back to the people. I don't think it's been there for a long time. I think we've had some really crappy governors, and it's about time we get somebody that governs like Ron DeSantis. And I believe uh, that's somebody that uh, that would, you know, that's uh, you're somebody that would do that. And I think that's important. So, Marshall, thanks again. It's very important. You're always welcome back on the show. God bless you, and take care, man. God bless, buddy. And I'm uh, looking forward to coming back on soon. Awesome. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Marshall Usher. Candidate for governor as a write-in. It's very important that we get his message out. I'm glad that he came on. We've been we've been trying to get him on. The schedules have been bumping uh, on this Friday. You're going to be able to listen to him. But the cool thing is, Saturday, I'll be headed to the Trump rally, and I'll be with your own J.R. Majewski from the Ninth District. That's right. Mr. JR, he'll be with me. Uh, I'm actually going with my friend Alex Schlegel, good friend of mine. But uh, JR will be with me uh, down in the way. I think he got, he got his VIP tickets with Paxton and all of them good buddies. I mean, JR is such a cool dude. Uh, he's one of the us. He's one of the people. I'm so, uh, I'm so grateful that he's able to represent the 9th District as a Republican nominee uh, in Ohio's 9th Congressional District. Excuse me with that. I, I, I am just... 
overwhelmed by that interview with Marshall. That was good stuff. Uh, the guy is really smart, and he's got a lot of faith, and uh, he, he's got courage, and I think it's important that somebody stepped up and ran. I, I was actually almost getting ready to not vote, right? Not vote for the governor's race because I didn't have an option, and I was very, very upset about that. It made me almost want to cry. Now, I try not to cry too much, but, you know, it happens, people. So if you think you're Mr. Tough Guy and don't cry, that's, 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 that's okay, okay? A tear can fall. But what I'm saying is I did not want to vote for Mike DeWine. The guy's a globalist, like I've said many, many, many times. And uh, we're, we're able to vote for somebody else, Marshall Usher and Shannon Walker. But also, too, I don't want to just be, a, you know, a media-like like the uh, like the people that we're trying to get from. Obviously, I'm outspoken, and this is my show. I'll say whatever I want. And I'm not trying to, you know, tell people who to vote for or tell people who not to vote for, but I will. But I'll also t give people a platform to speak their message on. And that's why I think uh, we're going to try to reach out with uh, to the Dark Horse candidate. I believe he don't have a, a lieutenant governor that's running uh, with him, but... We're going to try to get him on the show. I, I believe it's important that we get his message out there. He might share it on his platforms. I think it's important that we get... Uh, there's another lady, I, I believe, I forget her name, but uh, she's running as well. I believe it's important that we get their messages out. Uh, they're taking the time to run. Obviously, we don't want DeWine or Whaley. These are the people that decided to step up, and I will give them a platform to speak on. I think that's important. But... Trump rally, you should come. It's going to be awesome. But also, too, I want to mention, we have some big news in Defiance, Ohio, with a rally going down at the Dockery Farm, Chelsea's dad's house. Big field, barbecue, clay shooting, patriotism. Ohio home front rally with Georgia's 10th congressional district Mike Collins and J.R. Majewski from Ohio's 9th Congressional District. 11486 Jacob Trail Road, Defiance, Ohio, 43512. September 27th from 3 to 7 p.m. I hope you guys are able to make it. This should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of fun. And we may have a special guest. We may have the special guest. I'm not going to say who the special guest is, but I'm only guessing a lot of the listeners know. And I'm just going to stop right there. A lot of the listeners probably know who the special guest is, but he hasn't decided if he's coming or not. Or I don't know if it's like he decided or what, but he obviously has not let us know that he's coming. So... We have to pray and wait, but hopefully we have another special guest other than Mike Collins, and uh, it'll be exciting. But we got to move on to the most important thing on the show, Marshall. That was an important message, but there's even more important things than the message of politics, and that is Jesus Christ. And I believe if we get them combined, we will have heaven on earth like the Bible tells us as we should. But people are not making it like that. They're trying to make H-E double hockey sticks on earth. And you see that today. You see with like the devil movies coming out, like the devil cartoons. I mean, are you serious? They're getting way off track. They're not even hiding it anymore. Well, they haven't been hiding it for a long time anymore, but it's crazy. We need to call it out. We need to talk about Jesus, get people to know that Jesus saves, get him into your life, accept him. It's very important. But the verse of the day, hopefully you read more. But it comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 25. May the Lord show you his kindness. May he have mercy on you. That is Numbers, from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 25. It's very important to get Jesus into your life. He, uh, he's the only one that can fix this nation. Ladies and gentlemen, not one man, uh, not one thing, not one shot or jab, whatever they want to say. 
you got to have faith in Jesus Christ because he is the way. He is the light. When you start living for man, it's not a good sign. So, but, you know. Obviously, today's Friday, so I hope you guys enjoyed the show. It's very important. Saturday is the Trump rally in Youngstown, Ohio. Reserve tickets. Get there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you there. We're going to have the mic. We're going to be by JR's RV. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be hopping and hipping. So uh, thank you so much for listening. I look forward to bringing you more news, content, interviews, and talk shows. Please check out the website, redfutureradio.com. Also, we got this brand new Telegram channel. Please check it out. Subscribe to it. The Samuel McGuire Show. We have Facebook on my social medias, at Samuel C. McGuire. We have Facebook, Twitter, True Social, Getter, Parlor, Telegram, Frank Social, TikTok. My email, samuelcmcguire at gmail.com. God bless every single one of you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. This is The Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio.